thank you for listening to the Valet Trader Dojo Show. I'm your host, Hayden Morris, and on today's show, we talk Vittori vs. Holland, Bellator 256, the situation of the UFC heavyweight title, the one championship results, and more. Now, before we get started, please, wherever you listen to the Valet Trader Dojo Show, please like, subscribe, or rate five stars, or whatever, the Valet Trader Dojo Show, uh, so that uh, we can go up in the rankings for because it has something to do with their weird algorithms of uh, all the listening platforms. And also, if you like, subscribe, and rate five stars, it really does a boost for my ego, and I need it. Please. I'm just playing. Anyway, without further ado, let's get started. This weekend, the number six-ranked middleweight, Marvin Vittori, takes on the number 10-ranked middleweight in the UFC, Kevin Holland. Um, Vittori was originally supposed to fight Darren Till, but um, on March 30, Till broke his collarbone and had to pull out of the fight. Uh, Kevin Holland is uh, just coming off a loss to Derek Brunson and took this fight on nine days' notice. And when this fight happens, it'll be the it will tie the record for the shortest turnaround between UFC main events. Uh, currently, Davison Figueredo uh, holds the record for his turnaround of main event fights between UFC 255 and UFC 256. Uh, Vittori is currently riding a four-fight win streak, and uh, his last loss was in 2018 to the current middleweight champion, Israel Adesanya. Uh, in his last fight, he also took it on short notice, and Vittori won the decision over Jacko Mason, I believe, and proved that he can do five rounds, and proved it uh, wasn't an issue because, again, he took that fight on short notice. Um, and uh, going into the fight, currently Vittori is the betting favourite. Also uh, on the fight night card, a uh, couple of fights to look forward to. Uh, featherweight at featherweight, Arnold Allen will take on Super Sadiq Youssef at uh, women's strawweight. Nina Azarov versus uh, Mackenzie Dern, and at welterweight. Um, Mike Perry takes on Daniel Rodriguez. So, looks like it's going to be a fun card. Um, but before the UFC card, uh, this weekend, tomorrow, Bellator 256, Ryan Bader versus Lieto Machida 2. Um, coming into the fight, Ryan Bader is the current heavyweight champion of Bellator and the former light heavyweight champ. Uh, this fight, will serve as the the first fight for the Bellator Light Heavyweight Grand Prix. Um, and is a rematch between Ryan Bader and Lyoto Machida of uh, their fight in August 2012. Uh, and the fight was won by Machida in the second round when he knocked out Ryan Bader. Uh, currently, Bader is coming off a loss to Vadim Nemikov, in which Bader was knocked out and lost the heavyweight title. Uh, he hasn't won a fight since January 2019 with a knockout win over Fedor. Uh, before, between the Nemkov and the Fedor fight, he defended his heavyweight title against uh, Cheek Congo, 
the fight ended pretty quickly in a no contest after an eye poke by Bader. Um, Mashida, yeah, he hasn't won also since 2019, but in June with a TKO over Chael Sonnen. Um, he's currently on a two-fight streak. Uh, sorry, skid to um, Gegard Musasi and Phil Davis. Both split decisions. And uh, currently, Ryan Bader, the former champ in Bellator, is the betting favourite. Um, it should be a, a, another fun fight. Uh, I don't know what either guy's going to do differently, but uh, my my prediction, I'm going to say, for no reason in particular, Ryan Bader takes it. Uh, again, he's sitting champ, uh, former champ of this uh, weight class. I, I think he's younger uh, and maybe a bit hungrier than Machida. But... Uh, Hopefully he's, he's learned since the last time, which you'd really hope so. It was back in 2012. If he hadn't learned nothing, then he deserves it. But, yeah, I think uh, Ryan Bader takes it. Uh, the rest of the Bellator 256 card to fight to look out for. The former, uh, at women's flyweight, the former UFC title challenger, Liz Carmouche, takes on the former Invicta flyweight champ, Vanessa Porto. At lightweight, Dan Morritt takes on the number three lightweight, uh, Guiti Yamaguchi, uh, who has the most submission wins in Bellator history. And at women's featherweight, the former featherweight champ, Bellator featherweight champ, Julia Budd, takes on Diana Silva. Um, let's move on to the UFC heavyweight title situation. Um... It looks like, according to Ariel Helwani, uh, sitting they wanted uh, the UFC wanted uh, Francis Ngannou to defend his title against Derek Lewis on June the twelfth, but the timing doesn't work for Ngannou, which is fair. Um, Ngannou just won the title; he wants to be the champ. He did say he wants quick turns or turnarounds. He wants to get back in there and defend, but maybe June just. Is too soon for him. Uh, Lewis, he's ready and willing. Um, he hasn't fought since he knocked out Curtis Blades. Uh, and the fight will most likely be booked for August or September. Um, the UFC at this point seem unwilling to match John Jones' price, whatever he's asking. Uh, as it's too high. And again, a lot of people, I, I think I said this on the last show, a lot of people think that he's afraid of Francis or uh, he's trying to uh, trying to price himself out of the fight with Francis, which I don't think that's the case. I think, I think the fighters do need to be paid more. And uh, Jones is just looking to be paid what he thinks he's worth. Uh, Chael Sonnen on his podcast was saying that um, when asked, Dana White said that uh, he wanted the fight, Jones versus he wanted the fight, he wanted Jones versus Garner, but yeah, Sonnen says that uh, Jones is pricing himself out 
I think Dana just doesn't want to pay for the fight. He, he's going to try and strong arm Jones into accept it, accepting what he's given, um, as seems to be the case with Dana White in the UFC. They don't, they don't, they don't really like to negotiate these sort of things. Um, and you know they're the biggest, they're the biggest company in town. So you know it's either accept what they pay you, which is a couple of million dollars, you know, nothing to sneeze at, except a couple of million dollars, or go to one of the other organizations that don't pay half as well as the UFC. Uh, maybe over at one championship, they they pay the fighters better. I don't know. But Jones would have to travel all the way to the other side of the world to make that happen. Anyway, we'll see. We'll keep you updated. Um, let's let's hope that Jones. I think that the fighters deserve to get paid more. Like I don't know. Anyway, let's move on. Um, in an interview with ESPN's Brett Okamoto, Cameron Usman uh, was talking about Colby Covington and uh, about whether or not Colby should get a, a another shot against Usman um, and yeah as as I'm sure you're aware Usman and Colby fought once before and um, in a very close competitive fight uh, the champ Usman uh, stopped Colby by breaking his jaw in I think the fifth round fourth or fifth round and um yeah, again, a very close competitive fight. Uh, since then, Colby bounced back with a dominant performance over former title holder Tyron Woodley, and uh, thinks he deserves a title, uh, a rematch with Marty from Nebraska. Uh, when asked, uh, Usman said of Colby, "Show me some activity. Give me a reason." I beat him before. Ask his jaw what I can do. Now it's time for him to show the people that he deserves to fight for the title. Beating Tyron Woodley doesn't cut it. That doesn't get you a shot at the title. Um, which, be that, that that's the part that stands out though, doesn't it? Beating Tyron Woodley doesn't cut it. But he's about to fight Jorge Masvidal, who's coming off a loss to Kamaru Usman. He's coming off a loss, but uh, this other guy who just coming off a win over a, a decent named opponent, not good enough. Um, I don't know. Is that is that irony? It feels like irony. Um, luckily for everyone, Colby Covington responded via Twitter to Usman's uh, statement and said, spoken like a true coward, just say the truth. You know you can't win, and you'd rather fight bums like Street Judas for easy paychecks. Um, again, there's a lot of history and what seems like bad blood between Colby Covington and Jorge Masvidal, aka Street Judas. Uh, and again, Jorge Masvidal, he responded to Colby, uh, to which he said, "I really want to hurt this guy." 
the Ben Askren fight will look merciful in comparison. The fight will take place between Jorge and Colby. But when I say so, says Jorge. So, it, I don't know. Sounds like maybe this fight could have already been booked and happened, but Jorge doesn't really want that fight. Um, Jorge, again, is about to fight Usman um, for the title, coming off a loss. He has said that the reason he lost the first fight was because he had a short training camp. He didn't get a full camp. Took the fight on short notice. But seeing things and experienced things during the fight with Usman that he can improve on, that he can take advantage of, and that he will win the rematch. Um, of course, Colby said the same thing and definitely gave Usman a harder fight. And Usman took the Jorge fight. Whether it's because he believes Jorge is a an easier night out or because with Jorge more people are going to be tuning in um, because he's a bigger draw than Colby why go and do the hard fight for less money when you take what is perceived to be the easier fight with more money after all it is prize fighting Um, but we'll see Uh, Jorge was also spoke about uh, his rematch with Kamaru Usman and said, uh, when I win the rematch, we'll definitely do a trilogy. I won't go down in history uh, one win, one loss with this individual. Um, Usman is still the same and hasn't improved since last time. When someone gives in to Usman's, Usman's will, he'll ride it out, but doesn't have the manliness in him when an opponent fights back. It showed in our first fight, which that's all what Jorge said. Um, that part about, uh, you know, ride it out but, uh, when his opponent fights back, it showed in our first fight. Usman, according to one, at least one judge, won that fight 50-45. So is that saying that Jorge just let him ride out an easy win because that's that's another talking point that Jorge lost by such a margin Um, because it wasn't a close fight. Jorge did very well considering uh, the the short turnaround, the short um, time that he had to prepare for the fight, the fact that Usman's so good. He, He... he showed, you know, that he could hang in there for for the five rounds, for the twenty five minutes, but he didn't he didn't show anything that makes us think uh, he could he could take the rematch. I don't think I don't think he's done anything to deserve a rematch, other than you know get people to tune in and watch to to put butts in the seat. But um, whereas Colby, a more competitive fight, a harder night out for the champ. Uh, just, you know, maybe less people tuned in to see it. I'm not sure. I don't have the pay-per-view numbers. But, um, yeah, I mean, it makes financial sense for Usman. makes financial sense for the UFC. It, um, it's just, I don't think that 
the the only narrative to sell this fight is that it was on short notice, and now Jorge Masvidal has a chance to do a full camp. I don't really think that. Uh, I don't really see how things are going to be that different, or what Jorge is going to do differently, like to to counter uh, the champs. Uh, wrestling and pressure or anything. That said, take that with a grain of salt, though, because I also didn't think that um, Nganu had shown that much improvement for the uh, from the first Steep Bay fight. I thought he was just knocking dudes out anyway. But uh, we'll see, I, I guess. Uh, again, moving on. Uh, it was just announced this week that Ty Tuivasa will be taking on Greg Hardy at UFC 264. The card is headlined by Conor McGregor and uh, Dustin Poirier in their trilogy fight. Ty Tuivasa just fought in March uh, where he TKO'd Harry Hunsucker in 49 seconds. Um, over his last couple of fights, Ty has showed much improvement. He's more patient. He's picking his shots. He's not just brawling with guys. He's um, showing a lot more composure in there. And he's even said he needed to mature uh, in the way that he fought and the way that he handled himself uh, when it comes to fighting. Uh, he recently started training with um, the American Kickboxing Academy uh, in in America with uh, the likes of uh, Daniel Cormier, uh, Luke Rockhold, and uh, so on. So he's trained, changed camps and started training with, you know, real, real decent names in the sport, real decent champions, um, which I think is always a good thing. Uh, well, is showing to be a good thing. Um, so I think that's very exciting. Greg Hardy, of course, is coming off a TKO loss back in December of 2020 to uh, Marcin Tibera in the second round. Um, hopefully this is a... i got to say, I really, really hope that uh, Tai Vasa knocks him out. Don't like Greg Hardy. Love uh, Tai Vasa. Hopefully. And now this, this fight's not till I think, June or something, but uh, I'm already very excited for it. Uh, now moving on to uh, the final, the final thing here. The one championship uh, debuted on TNT in uh, in America yesterday with uh, a three fight main event, sorry main card. Uh, in the main event, uh, Rod Rod Tang took on uh, Daniel Williams. I believe his name is Daniel Williams. Uh, in the main event of a three-round uh, Muay Thai fight. Uh, it was a ex very exciting fight, very fun. Um, despite getting dropped and cut, uh, Williams proved uh, he, had the, he has a lot of heart, uh, a, lot of, a lot of guts, and uh, went to a decision, which was ultimately won by Rod Tang. A uh, very exciting fight. I definitely recommend checking it out. Um to kick off the the main card of uh, one championship on TNT one, uh, 
Eddie Alvarez uh, lost to uh, Yuri Lapicus by disqualification. Uh, Eddie, he landed several punches in the back of the head of Lapicus. Uh, he was warned once by the referee, but uh, delivered several more shots to the back of the head. He was arguing with the referee that it was in the ear, but landed several shots. All right, decent-looking shots, but um, then landed several hammer fists when uh, Lapicus fell down. Uh, it was hard to tell exactly whether or not those shots were clean or to the back of the head uh, because Eddie Alvarez's head was in the way of uh, of all the camera angles. So it's it's hard to tell exactly where they were landing. Um, Lapicus was taken out on a stretcher, uh, to which Eddie Alvarez became quite emotional. And um, uh, seeing his opponent taken out like that, and having himself not wanted to hurt his opponent, he... Uh, he didn't want to. He, he didn't want to say that. He doesn't. He, he, like any fighter, he doesn't wish that on any opponent. Um, but yeah, he became quite emotional about that. There's photos of him uh, at the back of the stadium with his still in his shorts and gloves, his head hanging his head down. Um, he spoke after. He said that it should have been. He should have been warned or a point taken. It was just an immediate disqualification and thinks that uh, they should overturn the loss to a no contest uh, there was some debate whether or not the shots uh, warranted a disqualification in, in the commentary booth between um, former UFC champ Rich Franklin and uh, Mitch Chason, the, uh, the other commentator there um, while Rich demonstrated the uh, what constitutes a back of the head strike and what would be considered deliberate or intentional, uh, while imitating punching the back of the, uh, Michael Chiavello's head. Um, but yeah, a lot of debate whether or not the punches warranted a disqualification or a no contest. If they were legal, if they were not, again, they couldn't tell because. The way Eddie Alvarez had his head pressed up against Lapicus's head. Um, the one CEO, Chattery City Odtong, he said of uh, Lapicus, uh, he was in. He, he was taken to the hospital after the fight. He was in a stable con condition, uh, and they were waiting on the CAT scan results. Um, but said his vitals are good. So uh, the Valley Trader Dojo would like to wish Yuri Lapicus a speedy recovery and uh, hopefully we get some good news there. Um, also on the card, the co-main event, Adriano Moraes defended his one featherweight title against uh, Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson by knocking him out in the second round. Um, in a competitive fight that Moraya um, seemed to be uh, getting the better of uh, throughout the first round um, then uh, again in the second while DJ uh, Demetrius Johnson seemed to be struggling a little bit trying to figure out 
exactly how to deal with the size of Moraes, um, which is what he said after the uh, what DJ said after the fight. He said he had trouble adjusting to a or trying to figure out how to get inside on Moraes and try to deal with his size. Um, Moraes landed a big uh, uppercut that put uh, Johnson down, and then he landed. He landed a big knee uh, on a downed Demetrius Johnson, which is completely legal in one championship. Um, and uh, a lot of people find it, you know, ironic that the knee that landed and knocked out Johnson was uh, somewhat similar to Aljamain Sterling getting kneed in the head by Peter Yarn, and. Uh, Demetrius Johnson came out that day and argued that those knees should be legal. And then, of course, a very similar situation, a very similar strike, knocks out Demetrius Johnson. He um, he has come out and said after the fight that uh, he still believes those, fight, those knees should be legal. It's his own fault for getting hit by it. Um... DJ said of the first knockout, the first stoppage loss of his entire career, which you go back and you look at some of the names he fought, like uh, Cejudo, uh, Cruz, he never got knocked at, none of them could stop him. But um, he said that, you know, after having so many fights, and yeah, the, the amount of times he's been in a cage fight, it's bound to happen, a stoppage. He, he didn't see... He didn't see, you know, any problem with it. He didn't seem all that upset. He, he took his loss very well. He's very mature. He said um, it was bound to happen, a stoppage eventually at some point, and that he had trouble dealing with Moraes' size, which him and his camp, they knew that was going to happen going into the fight. They knew that the biggest obstacle was going to be the size of Adriano Moraes. Uh, about an hour after the fight, uh, Demetrius Johnson put up a video on his Instagram, or his Twitter, I believe it was his Instagram. He said, uh, again, it's about an hour after the fight, he said that he'd watched it, watched the fight about three times, and um, he has to go back again and watch it a few more times to see exactly where it is that he fucked up. That's his words. Um, I... Can't wait to see what's next for Moraes. I can't wait to see ne what's next for Johnson. Um, but, yeah. A lot of good fights. Great weekend coming up of fights. Um, and uh, the good thing is you can go back onto at, at YouTube or the One Championship app and watch all One Championship fights for free. Just a heads up if you didn't know. Now you know. Uh, anyway, that's it from me. Uh, enjoy your weekend, enjoy the fights, and with that, um, I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. Thank you for checking out the Velator Dojo. Uh, please, again, like, subscribe, rate us five stars. Again, for the, for the algorithms, not for me, not for my ego. It does help. I do enjoy that. But please, just for the, the funky algorithms, go and... Hit like, subscribe, get us up the rankings. All right, thank you. I'm Hayden Morris. Bull War.